This is Mortification of Spin, a bully pulpit from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. We can continue only with your help. Visit mortificationofspin.org to make a donation or call 1-800-488-1888. After the podcast, listen for details on how you can receive a free resource. Well, welcome to the Mortification of Spin. This week, we've been spoiled for choice as to what we should speak about. One of the things we considered doing was uh, repenting for our previous accusation that every square inchism and the uh, transformationalist movement in Christianity uh, was preoccupied simply with middle class, beautiful people. We're happy to say that that has been very clearly refuted uh, last week by a wonderful article on how Vogue models integrate their Christian faith with their job. So we're very happy uh, at this point in time to publicly concede that we got it completely wrong. Every square inchism is not simply a monopoly of the beautiful people. Vogue models are into it as well, apparently. Apparently. Oh, and by the way, Carl, I've, I've got a hankering all of a sudden for a Bentley. I don't know where it came from, but I, I need one now. I think it would massively improve you, Todd. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I can actually see a good modeling career for you. In the, in, you know those before and after commercials? Ah, uh, yeah. You, I, you're, I, you're the before man. You're I'm definitely I'm, the before man. Before the Bentley, I looked like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, I just wanted to compliment you two for getting into the spirit. Um, I think the blonde tips that you guys have mm-hmm. gotten on your new hairstyle really give you some street cred for this whole beautiful Absolutely. People. Yeah, Absolutely. it took it yeah, took well, half I, an hour for them to do both of my hairs. Uh, pretty, <laughs> well, pretty I am impressive. I am tired. I am tired of being thought of simply as a great head of hair. I yeah. want to be seen for my substance. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, what is your substance exactly? <laughs> 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 anyway, we uh, turned our back on on every square inchism this week. We don't want to be seen as a uh, as a group of angry and bitter people, although we obviously are. Uh, and we are now queuing up outside a cinema. Somewhere in Virginia to watch the latest blockbuster, which is going to usher in the kingdom of God on Earth. And that is the movie Heaven is for Real, uh, about the strange experience that a a young boy had, a near-death kind of experience where he went to visit heaven. And this is being endorsed by by some of the the great and the good out there in in, in the Christian world. Kenneth Copeland, for example, uh, says, I read Todd Burpo's book, Heaven is for Real. It blessed me and Mm. brought the joy of hope alive to how bright our future in Jesus really is. Uh, uh, Jerry Derman, founder and senior pastor of The Rock, says this. I think this is a great movie and I hope every Christian takes someone to see it. Uh, Dr. Joe Ann Lyon, General Superintendent of the Wesleyan Church, said, I was deeply moved that not only is heaven for real, but also faith, hope and love are for real and to be lived out on this earth now. Now, we all know what's coming. There's going to be a great push from the evangelical world to take friends to see this movie. Uh, to the extent probably that those who refuse to do so are going to be seen as being somehow defective in their evangelistic zeal. Oh, but, but Carl, Chris- has, that, has that ever happened before, though? <laughs> I mean, aren't you just kind of uh, being a conspiratorialist here? I mean, when have have evangelicals lost all reason um, in light of, you know, a movie? 
It's it's hard to think back that far, Todd. <laughs> but I think about a hundred years ago, there was a, oh. a movie by Mel Gibson called oh, The Passion, okay, okay. Gotcha. Uh, which no, again was going to be the evangelistic opportunity of the century. Yeah, I, I think okay. even the Pope, the time, uh, John Paul II, chipped he in on it. that one. Yeah. Well, I'm a little flummoxed here, guys. I thought that you two um, pre-ordered the four-part sermon series that's available for Heaven is for Real. Yeah, yeah. The congregation here in Harrisonburg is in for a big treat. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and I'm, but, I mean, it's it's the OPC alone that I think is keeping that uh, that whole thing in business anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, this is one of a number of movies out at the moment, including the, the God is uh, not dead movie yeah. that are, are meant to provide evangelistic opportunities for believers. And if we could just set cynicism aside for a nanosecond, mm-hmm. uh, certainly we, we would want to welcome anything that, that gives us an opportunity of speaking about Jesus and the gospel to, to non-Christian friends and neighbors. But are these movies the way to do it? That's where the evangelistic rubber or the theological rubber hits the the evangelistic road, if I can use a terrible cliche uh, to describe that. What do you think? Well, Todd Burpo, he's the, the author of Heaven is for Real. And talking about the movie, he says, I hope that when people see this film, God speaks to their minds and hearts. And so I think that begs the question then, well, how does God speak to us? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it, 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 again, it goes right into that same issue that we're dealing with in, in evangelicalism, which is um, the undermining of the necessity of Scripture and the sufficiency of Scripture. Right. It, it's just the same thing over and over again. And it's, you know, I believed in heaven before, but now after reading Heaven is for Real, I really, really believe in heaven. Well, I think it really feeds to the, the individualism in evangelicalism today, too, um, you know, what theater has God designed as a means to get the gospel out? Right. The church. Right. That's the theater of God's grace, not the movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. Evangelicals, by and large, it seems, have utterly rejected um, Romans chapter 10 and uh, God's, God's promise to attach um, his power to his word and not to my creativity and yeah. not to my favorite book and not to a movie. But he's actually attached his promises and his power to his word so that faith comes by hearing. And Jesus himself said, famously, they're not, if they don't believe the scriptures, they're not going to believe even if someone is raised from the dead. Now, the problem is the average evangelical apparently doesn't believe Jesus on that count. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 and following. You know, Peter says this, For we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Mm. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain. Peter's describing the transfiguration there. But then he goes on. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. What Peter is saying there is we were there. We saw him on the mountain. We saw him transfigured. 
But you've got something even better. Right. You've got the word of God. Now, my question is, why would I believe heaven is more real because a four-year-old tells me he died, went there and came back? When I have the gospels that tell me Jesus died and came back from the right. dead. Right. It's Christ in whom we see the full consummation of the resurrection. Uh, and it's in his word that we see that definitively and authoritatively expressed. So why do I need to see a movie? Why would my neighbors be more convinced that heaven is real by seeing this movie than by me pointing them to the scriptures, the holy oracles of God? Right. That are living and active. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, And these movies, these Christian movies, my biggest problem is that they really trivialize the gospel message. I mean, the acting's usually bad. They're they're cheesy. I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Fireproof when that came out no. with Kirk Cameron, but I celebrate Kirk Cameron's entire catalog. <laughs> it's, it's all overstaged scenarios, and yeah. the characters are just so one-dimensional. And I just think that um, even with God's Not Dead, I see an irony here of addressing the anti-intellectual claims against Christianity, but with bad art. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And there's an underlying sentimentalism as well. Uh, the producers of, of Son of God, uh, Mark Burnett and Roma, Roma Downey, uh, make this comment in commending heaven is for real. Regardless of your religious beliefs, you'll mm -hmm. be deeply inspired. Oh, goodness. And what they're really saying there is this may, movie will make you feel good because, you know, it's going to try to persuade you that it'll be OK in the end. Right. Uh, well, that's. That is a very unsophisticated form of German liberalism. Right. You know, that's making the truth of Christian doctrine uh, essentially one's emotional response yeah. to yeah. what is being presented as truth. It's not yeah. the truth itself. It's one's emotional response. This movie will make you feel good about yourself. It's the American gospel. It you is know, the American gospel. Feel good. And, feel and good. It's a, it's a gospel that damns because if if what uh, uh, Burnett and Downey are, are are saying is true, which is uh, and, and I have no reason to doubt that it's true in that regardless of what you believe, it's going to make you feel good. Then then what this is doing is it's um, is it's adding to the damnation of yeah. many by uh, by bolstering um, their sentimental Christless. Um, sense of salvation, yeah, and, uh, and and so in that sense, it's it's tragic. It, it's not enough that we say this is positive and this is good because it it, it bolsters good values. Um, the problem is that in doing so, um, it's it's heaping uh, torment um, upon the damned, and it's and it's that serious. Well, isn't it also um, distracting us from what really is tragic, like? Um, when we do assemble together on Sunday morning to worship, we are looking at this whole gospel story, the entire truth, which isn't always pretty. There's a lot of death. There's the fact that, you know, without Christ, we are under God's wrath. There's the whole curse of sin. There's what sin did to our Savior, you know, showing us the, you know, the severity of it on the cross there. And instead, we take this refashioned sparkly and whimsical approach and put it on a movie screen yeah. and distract us from the true death and the true curse of death that's happening. Yeah. Well, as Carl said, it's the American gospel. It's the American way of doing religion, which is ultimately a crossless and a, and a Christless 
uh, religion, wh- whether it bears the name of Jesus or, or anything else, one of the things that distinguishes it is is the absence of a cross. Yeah, it's very like if you if you were to look back at some of the literature being written in Britain at the end of the nineteenth century, uh, some of the in inverted commas Christian literature, the assumption is that God is a great big Englishman. And therefore, he will bring to heaven those who most closely resemble Englishmen. What you have in in these kind of movies is God is a great big American. He embodies American values and he will bring to heaven those who most closely embody those values. It's complete soul damning nonsense, but that is essentially what it is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a religion that says God is nice and he will help you be nice. And if you're nice, then things are going to go well for you in the end. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and the God's Not Dead movie ends with encouraging all of the listeners and attenders to send a text message to everyone on their contacts list that God is not dead. There you <laughs> I go. mean, how lazy and impersonal is that? My daughter has gotten a couple of these text messages, and at first she was like, "What is this?" Yeah. But um, and then she found out. But I don't understand how that at all has anything to do with Christian hospitality yeah. or relationship and sharing the gospel message mm-hmm. yeah how's that yeah, inspiring you know, yeah god has given us um an embarrassment of riches in the gospel uh, this message that he's attached his promise to um that he's attached his power to and we to to, to, to reference i believe jeremiah chapter two uh, we end up hewing out for ourselves broken cisterns that can hold no water. Meanwhile, we walk past the fountain of living waters. God's yeah. given us the gospel, and we try to find something that's more effective. Yeah. I mean, I'm very struck by the last commendation on the, the movie webpage. Uh, this movie presents an outstanding opportunity for outreach, and we're now able to intentionally mobilize our congregation. Somebody from the southwest uh, uh, district of the Foursquare Church. I want to say there was an, so your congregation, you can't mobilize them to do outreach? Generally, wow. your, your yeah. congregation doesn't do outreach. You don't have an outreach committee. You don't have people committed to doing these things. Why do you need a movie? If you, if you need a movie to mobilize people to do outreach, then you've got a defective church. There's a yeah. problem there. Uh, yeah. I don't expect Cornerstone to wait for the next movie to come along before our people are doing outreach. Right. Uh, we're supposed to be doing outreach every week of the year. Sometimes right. we have special events, but you don't wait for a movie to reach yeah. out with the gospel. Uh, yeah. And if your people need a movie to be motivated to do that, then there's something wrong with your people. And you need to mm-hmm. preach to them and convict them of that and bring them to a better place. Mm-hmm. Well, it, uh, it sounds like we're going to enjoy this film today. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, again, the reason why this is, there's a number of reasons why this is important, not least of all. Uh, because it uh, it speaks into the issue of the sufficiency of God's word, the necessity of God's word, and the power of the gospel. And uh, it's a troubling thing to see evangelicalism drift uh, further away from these things. Um, I would I would uh, recommend to folks Kevin DeYoung's new book, uh, Taking God at His Word. Um, it's a it's a brief book. Um, it's it, very very helpful on the sufficiency and necessity and authority of Scripture. And uh, I'd encourage you to get it. I'd encourage you to give a copy of this to uh, to friends and to people in your in your church. Um, uh, Carl, Amy, any other thoughts on maybe a, a good book or uh, a resource to help people think through these things biblically? I, I am think... actually just reading through uh, Michael Horton's new book, Calvin and the, on the Christian Life. Yes. And there's a great line in that book. He says, "Just as we could not have expected to find God in a feeding trowel of a barn." 
in an obscure village, much less hanging bloody on a Roman cross, we do not expect to find him delivering his gifts in such humble ways as human speech, a bath, and a meal. Mm. Think cross, not glory. That's good. And yeah, yeah, I thought directly of that when we talked about this movie here, because, you know, we expect to find God on the big screen. We want the sensational. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's another American trait, I think. We want something yep. big and entertaining. The ordinary, the boring, the regular, the routine, that's not what we're into. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us today for uh, Mortification of Spin Bully Pulpit. Um, our goal is to have a uh, casual conversation about things that count, and uh, we hope it's been helpful for you today, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again in the near future. This has been a Bully Pulpit from Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Just for listening, we'd like to give you a free resource. Visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, to find a link to the download. Mortification of Spin is a production of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Alliance ministries include reformation21.org and events held from Florida to Sacramento. To learn more about the Alliance, visit alliancenet.org or call 800-488-1888. We can only continue to bring you Mortification of Spin with your support. To make a donation, please visit mortificationofspin.org or call 800-488-1888. Please listen again and don't forget your free download.